0: Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts James Marshall and Liam McCrae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. It's the James Marshall Show, and here I am for the Natural Lifestyles for the final of my lockdown series podcast Rantathons with interesting characters from across the globe. And who do you think I would get for the last one? Who do you by popular demand? Who? Well, let me tell you who it is. It's one of my oldest, bestest, funniest, most interesting. Great times, guys. <laughs> Sasha Daygang.
1: Hey. What's up, beautiful humans? How you doing out there?
0: I'll, I'll answer for them. Uh, we're doing all sorts of ways right now, Sasha. Life's complicated. Yay! Good to see you. First thing I wanted to say was, did you know that there's like a mild conspiracy theory that you and I have got beef? Really? Yeah, I've seen a couple who. of comments. Uh, who, who knows? But like there's com- oh, comments, like dudes saying things like, little do you realize that those two something something. And like, yeah, a couple of people have thought that we weren't, that we've got beef or something.
1: No, I keep getting comments like, "When are you gonna do content with James Marshall again?" Like quite a lot. And then, oh, "Are you guys still friends?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm not uh, having right, sex yeah. with him. I'm not dating the guy, but we're buddies. We don't live in the same apartment. You know what I'm saying?" Not anymore. Not anymore. We do sometimes for like a week, a year, maybe or something.
0: We, we used to live in the same bed a lot.
1: Oh yeah, we slept in the same bed. Uh, you remember yeah. those?
0: Remember those days? I was I think disappointed
1: I, once because you never made a move in all those times. So no. <laughs> Uh, You start after after a few times sleep, you know, during your Euro tour or some other course we're teaching together and it's like eighteen hundred dollars a night for some fucking apartment. We're sleeping in the same bed. We're not we're not getting another apartment. We're already paying this crazy thing. And after a while, sleeping in the same bed with a human being, you, you, you think just to be polite, you'd make a move once. You know what I mean? James? Just I one think time. it happens.
0: It happens in prison after day day sixty four or something. There's a certain day. I think it, it just tips over at a certain point. I just don't think we did enough enough nights. It's all
1: right. You, uh, um, we did spoon one time and that was nice. But not, no, that we did it. what? Did we? I don't know. Yeah, um,
0: what I what I know is that you. Yeah, you used to. I think you, I remember there was a time because we were broke and we, and so we would always get the Airbnb with just the one big bed. And, and remember we used to do that because those days we would be travelling with our usual entourage, but all of us would be in one apartment. Now it's kind of like when I travel with the guys, everyone has their own at least two-bedroom place for two guys, or whatever. It's very civilized and, you know, if you want to, you could actually go and have a normal life whilst being a coach. But back in those days, do you remember some of the fucking war zones that we left behind? Oh. Like, there now would be nine of us behind. crammed. I
1: cleaned up my own dishes, James. You're the what one you that's famous about? in your company for it. I am famous for that. Eating and doing all the crazy things and it looks like there was a grenade in the kitchen and you're always like, hey, you pay the cleaning fee on Airbnb for a reason. Come on. I, I think that's, we both said that.
0: About- no, remember in Blaha, remember in Blaha Square, that one that us. and at the end there was like 49 eggs because you and boris were only eating eggs or something at the time and there yeah. was just 49 eggshell pieces like just strewn like someone had gone in with a machine gun and just sh- just sh- just gunned down a whole bunch of eggs <gasps> that was guilty style. on that
1: one that was me i do remember that, uh, I rem- yeah, that okay, one was me. but all those other kitchens you're the mainly the guilty one
0: oh listen i am notorious for being messy that is a very truth truth yeah, I've got a feeling that today's uh, podcast is going to be a bit of a um, nostalgia-thon as we talk about some old, funny old times, uh, now that we're funny old men. Hey, funny old farts in our, in our 40s, jeez. In our 40s. Jeez. But we look pr- like, think we about it, we good. probably look, we look like, look we look like we're in our 30s, sort of, well, you do. You oh, out, yeah, you.
1: I mean, dude, listen, if I have a shave, 30 tops, mm, James, 30, tops. I'm a 33,
0: I'm a hot yeah, 33, 33 with a shave. 33,
1: 34, sure.
0: Easy, 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 easy. 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 At the sauna, it's all steamy. No one can tell.
1: And, uh, yeah, and when we get naked, take off another five years. Just saying. Ooh, just, just saying, lady. Easy. I've seen Actually, you in the I, sauna, my, James. Actually,
0: my body's been going, uh, is pretty ripped at the moment because I've got a farm body. Because I've been, right. you know, just farming, and it yeah. just rips your body. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Farm strong. Great.
0: All right, well, let's have a chat about what the fuck's been going on for you... Everyone knows what's happened to me lately in my audience so that so I don't need to say that again. But what's been going on for you since the corona hit? And cuz when did we hang out last? It was it was I last like summer a, here, wasn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was like last summer.
0: Yeah, June, June or July you were here for a bit at the farm. And well, yeah,
1: I mean, nothing too 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 crazy. Yeah, I had a really big uh I had a really big Well, before we even get to the corona stuff, I don't think I've ever talked with to you about this, so I'm going to say it. And if you, mm. your brain explodes and you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But okay. uh, right, right before that, this summer I actually had a love affair, and I actually broke four years of celibacy. I know. So that so that happened. I know that was that was.
0: Yes, yes, yes. The, Leah, let's talk about that because I, I know that because I met the lady, and I and you told me that everything still works.
1: Yes, I was excited after four years. There's a party that's like. I don't know for sure <laughs> what's gonna what's gonna Maybe happen. Maybe just it's just, just switched so off, cool? and it's
0: just like, oh, we don't do that anymore around yeah,
1: here. Yeah, baby it's gonna be angry at me, like, hey, 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 oh, 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 oh. Oh, now, now you want now you want to do something, huh? Now you want to do, yeah. So I was a bit nervous.
0: Right. So you're like a drunken, neglectful husband coming back to your own penis to try and conv- to like try and suddenly like, hey, baby, uh, hey, baby. And he's like, oh, oh, really? You're back now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, want to fuck yeah, now. So yeah.
1: you know, okay, cool. Time.
0: So. But let's talk about that because people sometimes don't have sex for long periods of time uh, that happens in the world. And usually when that happens, it's not by choice, right? So they, okay, they have a dry patch and it might go on for a long time. However, you made a pretty conscious decision. Like, you can get laid. I know that because I remember back in the day, old Sasha was getting laid, guy. I remember that guy.
1: Listen, James, I have to confess. You used to do it. No, no, I was never. All those videos on YouTube, they're all staged, James. I paid actors. Every single of all the times I was hanging out with you, and I picked up a chick, I just paid those girls off the night before. It was all the YouTube conspiracy commenters were right the whole time. No, okay, that's not true. Uh, imagine no, that, did. like like that one where we did
0: the <laughs> where we did the um. You know, remember we swapped roles. Uh, yes, imagine if all fun. you'd staged it with all those girls. Oh, and I thought I was doing so well being you, but you just lined them up for me. Lined
1: them up. Gave them a no. few
0: forens, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, 1,000, Florence. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, yeah, my life was, you know, obviously uh, all about, uh, you know, connecting with the ladies. And, and there's, there's a reason for that. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. But I was all about it and I loved it. And it was a really, really good time. And I had many, many adventures. You were there for, for quite a few of those. But in 2015, I was actually staying in your uh, very nice flat in, uh, in uh, Budapest. And, I, you know, I just was going through a phase of uh, I knew I needed to change um, the whole chasing women thing. It was really becoming like, a, you know, it was it was becoming forced. The coaching of it was becoming forced. I just knew that even though it was fun. I remember I had this one time where I was just coaching this one guy and he's talking to this lady and he's, he's just he's just being awkward. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to have to talk to this guy like this. Is just so brutal. Just even listening to this. And I just had this clear moment where I'm like, this is not. This isn't it. This isn't it for me. This has been great. I loved it, but this isn't the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And I knew it. And it was all. And that happened as I was really getting into the spiritual side of things for my, my spiritual awakening. And so, and and so, around 2015, I really decided. And I'd had, you know, I'd had awakening experiences before. You know, those moments of like, oh wait, maybe there's more to life than just this person and this mind, and this body. We're all, we're all connected. There's something more going. You know, I'd had a couple of experiences before. And uh, but in 2015, I was like, OK, I really need to wake the fuck up. I want to know what this what is this reality? What is going on? What's the point of this? And running around all day chasing girls just wasn't a part of that. So I decided, OK, I'm going to wake the fuck up. And in that decision, quite naturally, I just wasn't in, I just became much, much less interested in uh, in sex or at least just, you know, sex for sex's sake. And then at some point, even when I had the opportunity, I went, no, let's just stay on the awakening and let's just stay, let's take that energy and use it for waking up rather than, you know, just having fun. And I just kept with it. I just kept with it. Yeah. And it was, it was good.
0: All right. There's, there's some things to unpack here. First, I want to just reverse back to one thing you said about when you were on the mics listening in. I thought about, Today I remember this that There's actually an iconic photo of you and me I think when we were about 33 Seven-ish years ago or something like that Because I remember it, We were 32 because you said It was two of us sitting on the bench And we were, had an earphone each in And we were listening to one client And I was, had my head leaning on your shoulder And I remember you saying at the time Nothing to see here Just two 32-year-old men Sitting and listening to some music And really we weren't We were listening intently to one guy As he tried to approach a woman Now, there's one thing that if you're not a infill dating coach who uses microphones, you will never know this special feeling that only Sasha and I and a handful of other people around the world know very deeply. And you have to have a certain level of empathy to feel the level of cringe, the level of cringe that Sasha and I have experienced. Because inevitably, when you go out and you take a new guy and you throw him on the streets with a hidden microphone and you make him go and talk to a girl, many of those interactions will be a shit show of some description. They will be excruciatingly awkward. They will be uncalibrated. They will be accidentally rude. They will be, oh, no, this girl's offended. There will be blank stares. There will be Russian girls just looking down their nose going, uh, how dare you and that's hard for the student right like that's that's hard to go through and you have to go through that you went through it i went through it we all went through it you have to go and face the, eat the cringe but it's like we chose to then it's like some hell realm where we have to go back and repeat over and over again the ultimate cringe because you can't help but feel it there's a special feeling right when you when he opens his mouth and you know oh no this one's not going to no this one no no. And you're like, you're like, nah, get out, abort. <laughs> and he's trying and it's just, oh, so I can understand why that kind of broke you a little bit. Cause I've certainly had those moments on the mics and that's why I don't do night game anymore. Well, I don't like going out at night and I don't want to have to handle going into the, the machine gun fire of a night, night club where it's even more brutal. So I know that was part of it.
1: And it wasn't like it was that moment that broke me. It's just, it's just it had built building up for a while. You know what I'm saying? Because you know I had all this going on in my head. I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm about more than this. I'm about comedy and and helping people heal and wake up and and inspiring people and all and waking up and all this other stuff. And so I I just kind of randomly by fluke got into the specific dating and pick up niche and it was great but at that point it was just this moment of crescendo where i just went Mm. okay i'm done here (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm done i'm done
0: and meanwhile i was like i am not quite done no (laughs) right (laughs) well funny though because around you know both of us have been seekers all our lives in some form or another it wasn't that you were like some cocaine snorting fucking sociopathic Uh, asshole and then one day life just slapped you in the face and you were like oh I need to like change everything like both of us were assholes in some kinds of ways both of us were um, blind and blinkered in certain ways but we were also people that were always seeking to try and find truths uh, ways of feeling more at ease with ourselves primary I think that a lot of it was start out with that right like just trying to feel good about being yourself and to feel worthy and to feel like you're lovable and you have a reason you have some kind of crew some tribe some mission and i know your story coming like both of us had shitty childhoods in in different ways like it would say one of the characteristics of those were not having any kind of certain sense of love like not being not feeling secure in being loved and being supported by a masculine figure or by or a feminine figure actually for that matter
1: exactly Yep.
0: Um, so do you want to talk a bit about like how some of those early wounds in your life drove you? Because people get wounded and some people, it breaks them, right? Like it really just, it sends them into addictions or onto the street or into violence or many things. Like people really, some people don't come out of that. Whereas when, you know, you came from an abusive childhood and, a, and lots of crazy shit, and I'm sure you got battered around a bit and you did get beaten down a few times, but it certainly became something that inevitably in uh in the end led to you being extremely strong
1: yeah 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 it's funny I've had people say exactly that thing like when you know when I connect with someone I actually take a few minutes and I really go into my story they, they listen to it and they go and they go wow and you never got hooked on drugs or booze <laughs> or you didn't you know you, 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 you like you like a lot of people that went through that day would just hate themselves and just be ruined and I'm like no I never I just just kept going and started healing and it's all worked out great in fact you know now it's like that all had to happen for me to become the, the guy I am today uh, but yeah the, the, the beginning of it is really you really said it really well there the fact that I didn't have the support from a mother or a fo- like nobody you know and I was a kid uh, my mom was a you know a, a rageaholic that would be the, the best way to see it she'd be really nice for like a few seconds but then she'd just go into this rage where her face would turn beet red and I'm not joking people think oh he's being funny I'm not being funny her face would go red and she'd be just be spinning this very like just violence violence almost like hatred it was all this generational trauma that she had from, you know, going back, like her her mom and her mom in World War Two, and all this fucking shit that was in her and it just came out at me. I was her cushion. I was her I was her psychiatrist. The anger came out at me. She was basically doing primal therapy on her son, which <laughs> I didn't realize until till, till years later. I'm like, Oh, it's a technique. I've done the course now, I get it. She's like but ah, you're, 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 I it. Yeah. You're, but you're and supposed like, to pay uh, money, hang you're on. supposed to pay, and they're supposed to be a facilitator, and there's a there's a sequence, but she was just like every day, Fuck yeah and telling me like I'm worthless, I'm gonna be a garbage man I'm a pe- like literally just throwing objects at my head like i got very good at dodging boots like like just fucking huge boots just dodging them the russian it was, boots. It, was, it was it was it was russian boots are the biggest and the worst yeah, but, and but, they, they're all
0: leopard print and everything
1: i joke about this in my comedy but the one advantage of that was i did become dodgeball champion in school for like four years nobody could touch me it's like a kid throwing a ball at me i'm like you think i'm you think i'm scared of a ball i'm used to like boots with fucking metal so it was it was very very abusive. And she. She never like, there was just no love. There was so few moments of genuine love or just genuine like, hey, you're a good kid, I love you. Like almost never, almost never, I didn't get any of that. You know, I, I just, it was shit. It was a shit show. And then my dad, uh, you know, he ran away from her because she was insane. So, so of course, I had absolutely zero confidence. If, uh, how, where would I get self confidence from? From who? From what planet? How would that ever happen? Oh, yeah, that kid sure is confident. What's his childhood like? Gets the shit kicked out of all the time. Pa- pa- parents telling me he's a piece of shit. Wow. Uh huh. I can see where, I see, see where he gets that. I see where he gets that. No. So uh, so yeah so every so, and then it was there was more adversity as well so it was all of that was going on and and you know and she's she's buying me like the worst clothes kids are making fun of me other kids wanted a dog she bought me a goat in downtown Toronto at age ten I had a goat that just shits all over the place I mean I'm not even making this goats stuff up goats are
0: cool but that's I can't understand how not, she did that
1: not a, not I've then. got a, I've
0: got four goats now
1: now it's fine you have a farm for the goats that's different but actually interestingly we're two men who actually have owned goats that's interesting
0: oh uh, um, yeah.
1: So when I was uh, and then I had to, you know, at 15, there was the threat of physical violence for my stepfather, who's a huge guy. So I ran away from home. I was homeless for a month on my 16th birthday. It was a very cold Canadian winter. I was freezing my ass off. I was sleeping in random places where I could sleep. And then on my 16th birthday to this day, if somebody asks me, what's your happiest birthday in your life? I would honestly say my 16th birthday because the youth hostels in, in uh, Canada they have to take you in at 16. You're technically an adult, so they give you a bed, they give you clothes, they give you like whatever it was like five dollars and twenty five cent uh, daily spend, and I was ecstatic. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I don't have to be on the street. You guys have to take me in. It was the greatest day of my life. I was I knew that that's it. I don't have to. I'm good. You are
0: old enough old enough to be cared for by the state. So what does that mean? Fourteen year old street kids, they're like, Oh no, come back in two years. Please, sir, I want some gruel. No, you're too young. That's right. That's exactly right,
1: James.
0: That's Dickens and (laughs) Dickensonian.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, my stepfather died in a car accident when I was uh, about eighteen, and then my mother killed herself, also just just when I turned eighteen. So, so, so just to, tra- to, top to trap, to trap it, just to top it off, like it wasn't a shit show already. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. You're you're on your own. So that that was me up till age eighteen. That's
0: like that's like, that's like a, a, sh- a like a lazy writer just ending a series. They're just like, um, man, just kill them both off, just to fuck him up even more. Really, to both of them? Yeah, both. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's, that sucks. That's fucking hard. That's a hard childhood. And um, you would be, you would be forgiven for having resentment and anger lasting decades and for even defining your life to some degree by that, right? Like you could say that some people who've had extremely traumatic experiences, they are scarred for life or they never seem to really recover from it. And you can see, you know, it's, it's not, I wouldn't blame those people. eh? It's just some people have had really rough upbringings or rough experiences and they haven't had the resources or the, or the I don't know, just the internal resources to be able to get through it. However, you did. And, uh, you know, my, my experience in childhood was not... It's comparable in, in some ways, actually. Like, my mother was also an ex- explosively angry. And I think because when you have a single mother who feels very disappointed by her partner, I think this is a common one, right? Like, a very... Maybe, and often... A strong and maybe kind of not that easy to get along with woman, uh, with a kind of weak and spineless man who then fucks out and disappears, and then she turns that rage kind of at the child, or even if it's not rage, it's like the adultness—like she's so disappointed in men and in she has no one to talk to—and then it gets funneled at this this young boy. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a really fucked up dynamic, and I'm, I'm sure it's f- reasonably common, and and vice versa, and different, you know, for young girls as well having their own issues so we off, we all do well, i mean who comes from a really good family i don't know not that many of us have excellent childhood stories some of some people are really lucky some not but what were the processes that you used early on before you knew about like you know before you knew good therapists or good coaches before you knew about good systems both of us still tried different ways like you know we just sort of invented things or or hung out with other guys our own age who are also trying to figure things out. Like, so what were some of the steps that got you initially to build some confidence, some strength so that you could later on find the, you know, better tools?
1: Well, interestingly, er- early on, I really, it didn't even occur to me that like, you know, dude, I was so messed up. I was so angry at women. I was, I was pissed. I would see these beautiful girls and I'd talk to them and they just look at me like, get the fuck away. Like, what are you, what are you talking to me? Because I was so insecure. It was, I was so needy. It was unbelievable. I was just going around like, if I could make you my girlfriend, I would buy you flowers every day. And drop me paintings of you, like literally, and girls were like, oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have seen that version of you. And the thing is, what's so painful is there was beautiful girls who were interested. Now, now I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, all of these women were basically just going, just don't be a retard. And you can do this. No, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So um, so I really had no idea that you could heal or trauma or nothing. I was just pissed off at the world. I was pissed off at women. I was angry, angry. And I had a bunch of people screw me over in my early twenties afterwards too. Cause I was so I was so desperate for a love of any kind. If someone just pretended to be my friend, you know, cause I got a bunch of inheritance when my mom died. So if someone just pretended to be my friend, so like, oh yeah, you want to buy five, you want to borrow 20 grand for, yeah, there you go, there's 20 grand, no problem. You know, it was, I was just, so I got screwed. So I had even more reason to be, you know, to be pissed um so honestly the thing that saved me honestly it, it, it was it was one decision i made when I, I remember i was about 16 17 and i was watching tv i must have been 17 and there was just some comedian on stage just telling jokes and i was looking at him and then just this moment just this again it was just a moment of clarity i, I watched this guy doing stand-up comedy and this thought came into my head and it just went Huh, eh, he's he's kind of funny but i'm funnier than this guy and then i just went i'm gonna do comedy And I knew it. In that moment, I just made that choice. I'm going to do comedy. Now, the next thing was, well, how the fuck am I going to do comedy? I literally, I just looked at the paper. I looked at some open mics. I went down to open mic show. You know, I was hanging out and some woman's like, hey, do you want to do you want to sign up? And I was like, well, if I sign up now, how long till I actually do do comedy? She goes six weeks. I said, fuck it. Sign me up. I signed up. I went. I started writing jokes and developing blah, blah, blah. And then six weeks later, I, I went and did it. Had a great gig. And after that, I I, I was hooked and that was it. And my whole identity, everything, my whole life became, well, I'm a comedian and I went off to do that. But that, because I had that, even though I was really messed up on so many levels, because I had that passion, that outlet, my energy went on that. My energy became suddenly, instead of like, oh, I'm so sad that people hate, no. My energy was like, all right, I'm gonna become the best fucking comedian. I'm gonna write the best jokes. How do I write better jokes? How do I be, how do I have more stage presence? Like, you know, and I just, I just put all my energy into that. So even though I wasn't directly going, okay, well, I'm clearly, I have issues. I need to work on this stuff. I wasn't aware of that stuff, but going up on that stage, I was able to vent. I was able to scream. I was able to express myself. And even though some of the jokes were dumb and, and whatever, I was able to really follow my passion and and, and live my purpose, even though I was a damaged human being. And somehow along that process, I I just let go. A lot of those things, because I was just enjoying life and I was feeling good, you know, to a degree, I believe as soon as we're damaged on some level, the healing begins, even if we're not uh, conscious of it. Time sort of, they say time heals all wounds, and it really does. So by the time I was 25, 27, I'm really doing stand-up comedy, having a great time. Even though I wasn't directly working on myself, I felt good. I felt good making people laugh. I was in my in my element. You know, I was doing something that I really really loved, and I started connecting with people and going deeper. And you know, so a lot of this energy that was from my from my childhood, it just sort of started fading away, and because I was just finding who I was. You know, so that was the that was the first the first thing really that saved my ass. It was the comedy.
0: Yeah, yeah and for me, it was I think it was music. I was playing in a band, writing songs, and by doing something that's creative and public inevitably you have to face a lot of different things. Like it's – for many people that's a terrifying – like especially comedy is one of the most terrifying prospects to get up to do, even probably more so than public speaking or singing for a lot of people would be comedy because – the expectation is you have to make people laugh and if you don't then you have failed at this thing like it's a pretty it's a pretty brutal art form right it's one of the most pure pure and brutal of art forms where you just the in, the feedback is instant it's just you know really from like i said the thing and people are like no not amusing you're like ah now i have fucked the whole thing and i have to quickly make a joke so putting yourself out there in a way that is creative and giving yourself some way to express. And I I don't think it always has to be public, but that is definitely a a way that you and I, uh, you know, started to get through that stuff. But I also think that is also part of the young man's thing. Like the young man of like, I've got to prove myself, I've got to compensate in some way because my, my motivations for music initially were more to do with, I want to be cool and get girls than, than that. I really love music. I mean, I did love, I did love playing music and that was, I was into the thing itself, but it's, I think that is also another part. It's like you, you get damaged and then you go out and you try to heal yourself by proving that you're worthy. And then you do. And then if, if you do it well, then you do get, you know, you do get affection. You do get people liking you. You do get to express yourself, feel confident and so on. And so it does, does start to unravel some of those layers of, of pain, but it can also then become the thing that someone locks into that. This is my, this is, this is all I am. Right. And then I had that when, when, when my music career was coming to an end, I was terrified that without music, what am I like, I'm just a normal guy. How am I going to get girls? People won't like me anymore. I won't get to go to the parties. So I think that's an interesting thing with your healing journey and your hero's journey, which is, which is intertwined is that the thing that the thing that you really needed at one time can then become the thing that holds you back in the next phase. And you need to know when to be able to like, let, let go of one form of learning or one, one teacher and then move to the next.
1: This, this is huge. What you just said. So I'll just, before I go into this one, I just want to point out if you don't have a passion, like our passion saved us, you know, cause someone else who doesn't have comedy or music or, you know, other things, they'll just go to drugs or mm. alcohol. Or porn or whatever, some other addiction. <laughs> so we, we were able to funnel all that energy into something. And you're, you're there going, well, I, I know, I'm, laughing the, I'm laughing
0: <laughs> – I'm laughing because you said it like, you suddenly kind of sounded a bit like um, Nancy Reagan, just like suddenly they'll turn to drugs or to pornography drugs. or pornography. Satanism or other things that are not good <laughs> for the society.
1: <laughs> yes. But anyway, but it's just, it's an obvious point. But what, what an interesting point is for, for the young kids, and this is something we should be putting out there, like go and find something you like, rap or either art, poetry, comedy, something, you know, yeah. like get into something when you're a kid so you can funnel some of your confusion or whatever, or anger or whatever, so you have something to put it into that's, that's not snorting cocaine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's something. I don't decent. think even kids
0: snort cocaine now. They vape it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Snorting cocaine. It's so eighties, right? They're probably so making 80s, fun. nobody,
0: they're nobody like, does that anymore. Boomer. we just vape it. But and it doesn't matter. Even it doesn't matter if you become the most famous or the best. It doesn't even matter if you're that no, great it's, at it's it. It's
1: doing what you love. It's just having an outlet for expressing yourself and being creative. And, and so your point there is, is very interesting. What you, what you just said, which was that um, it, it, the thing that saves you can be the thing that holds you back. And that was really my case. It was my case in my my dating and pickup journey at one point. It was holding Mm -hmm. me back, like I told you, in 2015. And comedy at one point, to a degree, even though it saved me and it gave me confidence and I had a great life and I fucking, you know, gigged with some of the most amazing... uh, comedians and all this kind of stuff at some point for me that was also uh holding me back because it was really a way to build up my ego and make me feel build up my self-esteem like i always had to be the funniest one have the funniest you know gig i had to kill it every time i you know even if i was hanging around with comedians off stage i have to be making oh, laughs yeah, and joking around all the time and people would be like sasha dude dude well they'd call me alex because you know alex is my my non, non-dating game uh, name they would just be like dude Alex, but just calm down, bro. Like you, you just, just, It's okay. Just be yourself. We, we love, I'm like, I am myself. I'm just funny all the time. What are you, what are you talking about? That's what I'm like. And it's like I'm, the I'm the comedy guy. I just do comedy all the yeah, time. That's what I do. So, so so, it became this this thing and it, and it's very similar. It's really when the ego suddenly became about the ego. I've got to be the, the funniest and the best and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's bullshit. So you, you build up this ego when actually, when I started doing it, it was just about the self-expression and a way to, to be me and share and all this kind of stuff. So then it became this big thing. I got to be. And so you can see it w- with anybody that gets good at anything. Suddenly it, it 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 goes from being a very healthy tool and amazing way to, to express yourself creatively to this monster that needs to be fed. And the same thing happened with, uh, you know, With going on YouTube and getting a following, being a dating coach, and you know, how many girls can I have sex with? How much? How many views can I make for this video? How much money can I make? All that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but if you're all about that and building up that ego, that can be very damaging because then, because you're never happy because there's always, you know, because the ego always wants more, 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 more. You're never going to be the richest. You're never going to be the most famous. You're never going to fuck the most girls. So it's like it's not it's it's a yeah and people
0: do that with work right like men do men do that so commonly by especially in their 20s and then 30s is just grinding themselves into the ground to try and be productive and like known for or liked for their utility right or their resources or how much money they've earned or what position they are put into um which again like is not it's not a bad thing to try and climb a ladder if you want to reach the Reach a higher level in something for sure. Okay, that's a reality in life. Uh, but usually you're but, dead
1: before you get to the top level. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's like, you're what, you, what, is the, what is the cost? What is <laughs> have the you cost? Seen, have you seen Japan, Japan? Have you seen Japanese oh, culture yes, with those, seen, with the, what are they oh, called? Salary men. Salary men? Oh, man, it's brutal. just brutal. brutal. They just bought into this idea that their whole identity, their whole self worth, their whole value is just like, can they provide money even though they literally want to shoot themselves every day? Can they just support it's the such a, it's like, such an God.
0: interesting thing in Japan because I, I've been there I haven't you know spent enough time there to really understand their culture but you can see that there is the the sense of like an individual's happiness. Um, is completely combined with that of the nation, right? So everyone actually has a real sense, like like no one in America or Australia or anywhere we would know would think of their nation, right? Like, they don't, like even the most nationalist American or something wouldn't think of it. Like they really think of it like they are integral to the nation there, they have duty, they have honor. So working insane hours, doing everything very, very well, like even the street cleaner or the driver or whatever, you know, the taxi driver wears white gloves and opens the door for you. And he's like a, you know, an elegant chauffeur, even though he's just a normal taxi driver. Like, it's really interesting how that culture has created that this complete, I mean, of course there's people who rebel against any culture, but this more or less complete thing where they live to serve A Confucian society, which is you know, honoured to their corporation, they work for the state, the Shinto gods, or the the family unit, or whatever it is. Um, It's intense, but yeah, it bursts at the seams, right? When people are especially, and I think for both men and women, Japan is a really complex place to navigate. It bursts at the seams when your only purpose in life is to work from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., come home to a family that doesn't know you, or you know, with all, and just working and grinding for the sake of Mitsubishi Company, for example.
1: Obviously, <sighs> that's an extreme example, but my point was that to some degree, we're all doing that. Everybody's got their, yeah. everyone's, to some degree, is just, Running after this imaginary carrot that they're they're never gonna they're never gonna catch it.
0: Yeah, the skill. If I guess you're not happy
1: we... doing it, don't you, you ain't doing it right. If you have to suffer for the next twenty years to be successful, that's not the right thing to be. You're not doing it right. It ain't. Right. That's not the thing for you. You know.
0: I think it's okay to suffer for short bursts of peri- of time when you're really intensely in something and you know you got to suffer through this bit. Uh, and then you do it, and then on the other side is good shit. So yeah, I agree. Like, there's an, if you have to spend twenty years grinding to do to achieve to achieve happiness of any sort, it pff, fuck it better be really good happiness at the end. <laughs> like, what's worth what's worth twenty years of feeling shit?
1: But you'll die right at year twenty. You'll I did it, and you'll have a heart attack, and it's like fucking hell. no, man, not for me. Nope.
0: All right. Well, let's um let's fast forward because uh, you and I met. 2011 I think it was 2010 2011 and pretty soon we were we were inseparable we went on the road together more or less full time for about three ish years right like we spent big chunks together on the road and then we would split up and do other things but for quite a a number of years we were on the road together and that started initially with coaching pickup and then I think the first big trip that we did together that wasn't really coaching related was going to South America and that was 20 was that 2013
1: I think 14,
0: so, yeah. Somewhere 20, around maybe,
1: there. maybe
0: 2012, yeah. 2012, somewhere around then. No, yeah. it was a bit later. I think it was 2013 or something. But anyway, because I just moved to Europe in 2012. Anyway, so you and I went to Argentina to do a bit of tango. That was fun. And then we went to Peru and we went in search of some ayahuasca. Eros, ayahuasqueros and shamans uh, to go and see if we could. Explore our inner escape and see what the hell that was all about. And this was before ayahuasca was cool. Like we were on the, we were in the early days. Back it was like when when people didn't know about Bitcoin and people didn't know about ayahuasca. Uh, now everyone and their dogs bloody doing ayahuasca every weekend and they're in their Californian Bitcoin. whilst trading Bitcoin, <laughs> microdosing ayahuasca and trading Bitcoin. But back then, well, we weren't exactly pioneers, but we were the some of the earlier ones. So. Do you want to have a bit of a chat about, because we had vastly different experiences when we went into those sessions, right? I haven't talked much about mine. I'll, I'll talk a bit about mine as well. But what was that like for you in those in some of those sessions? Because I was there, you were. It, you had some really hard nights, really terrifying experiences from what it looked like. Uh, I can tell what it was like from my perspective. But yeah, what was that like for you? And, and then some of the aftermath as well
1: yeah there was some brutal times i mean so around that time you know i was kind of earlyish on in my uh spiritual journey you know i was looking for answers i wanted to yeah i wanted to heal. i wanted to that that during that particular period i actually had an entity that was draining a lot of my energy so i actually was obsessed with healing i really wanted to heal i wanted to figure out what what the hell is going on so i was kind of going in with that intention um but i also just wanted to you know figure out what what more about the universe. What is all this going on? And you also so had yeah, a bit, very, you also
0: had a heartbreak at that. You know, uh, you were still oh, sort of not over that girl yes. yet, and yes, so that was right. that was in there as yeah, well. Yeah, I was
1: I was I was also yeah I was still recovering from a like a big you know crazy yeah love 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 thing. So uh, so yeah so my very first time doing ayahuasca was with you with the uh, you know that was in Australia was
0: that first time.
1: It was yeah it was in Australia and that time was all right. It, it was all right. I, I thought the ayahuasca was a little bit weak on the weak side. One that's right nights, you went up uh, i remember
0: you going back and saying Oh, i'd like another cup you asked for four cups and then you ran out into the bush and were running around like a monkey for a bit
1: yes it was very good i was doing the cave. I connected to the caveman energy and i was literally doing the squat and i was just there like oh this feels good this feels good just being barefoot on the ground so i had so i had a bit of a of an experience of just like kind of grounding and and being like a neolithic man kind of thing so it was interesting it wasn't the most crazy ass shit at all, but it wasn't negative either. It was like, it was like a moderately positive, but not mind blowing experience. That That's how I would describe it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how profound it was you that, that no, first that, time. No, that that first
0: time did fuck all. I remember that like right. not much. I was just kind of grumpy there. And then the next, oh no, that was, that was the thing. I was grumpy and it just kind of irritated by the whole thing. And Gareth Jones was there too. And he also just felt a bit sick and did nothing much happened to him. And then the next morning... I remember feeling really awful, like really some weird, awful shit. And I called over our shaman, whose name I won't say, and I've got to give her a name. Just like give me a name that's not her name. Maria. Sh- Maria. Sure. Shamaria. Me-
1: sh- sh- yeah. Sharona. <laughs> Sharona. Sharona the My. I sh-
0: said, my Sharona, come over my here, sh- please. <laughs> yeah, okay. <My laughs> I said, Sharona, uh, can you come here? And she came over and then she put her hands on me somewhere i can't remember just nowhere you know a normal place just on my i don't know my knee or something and then she suddenly started retching and then she ran off into the bush and puked for like five minutes straight and then i felt great and i was like uh what the fuck I that's interesting that. yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah I remember and that. and then i asked her and i said something about it and she said oh yeah i was i was being sick for you like like as in like yeah obviously I was like, okay, this is something interesting going on. So anyway, that was that was about it for that first time for me. Yeah. But, then yeah, we to, but then we went to but then we went to Pisac in Peru. It was Pisac first, right? That was the place in the mountains, the the Andes.
1: Yeah, it was was it was with you. I did the ceremony. It was like a hundred people in that fucking huge right. temple, right? It was ridiculous, and that was good. That was relatively good. It was some hell, but a lot but a lot of good as well. During that during that one, I remember there was one moment where there was this green energy that was pure bliss and joy and happiness and i knew all i have to do is walk into it and i would i would be totally enveloped by it and i couldn't do it and i remember going i really should but i just can't bring myself to do it maybe next time so but it was it it wasn't bad i don't know how that one was for you
0: yeah i mean just to set the scene for scene for this because this is a pretty bizarre scenario we found ourselves in there's this little village in the in the andes in peru called pisac i think it was (coughs) and um there's a center there set up A guy called Diogo and his wife And they have these domes Which are like Star Wars domes Basically of little houses And then this temple that's a big igloo And then on the inside is this Round amphitheater multiple steps thing And there was like 80 to 100 people in there There was a live band playing really good music From what I remember And, And then a shitload of people Of which it seemed like many lived in the village Like there was a core group of I don't know 20 people that kind of were part of this cult Whatever it was and then there was a bunch of us, just lots of Israelis and random backpackers and Germans and whoever just rolled in and heard about it. And so all of us, like we're not with much supervision, we're just given two, two big cups of ayahuasca and then sat down in a room full of 80 people whilst 12 tripping musicians just jammed out mad fucking sitar ragas all night.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I that had a good time good. that one, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a good, that was legit. It's interesting. They had, I remember they had really good helpers. At one point I was just too, uh, too right. out there and I, and I was outside and I couldn't get back inside and they, they helped me come in. And at one point I remember thinking, man, I, I am not going to be able to leave here in the morning. This is, and then of course, no. when the time comes you're you're fine. And it was, it was all fine, but yeah, that was okay. Manage. That wasn't terrible. Yeah, that was all right. That was all right. just,
0: just as a, that, that just reminds me of one little anecdote, which is like when I went back to the Amazon another time, not with you. Uh, and I was living in a really, really simple, extremely simple place, like the one that we were at with um what was his name Diego no um the one that I would did out in the jungle was way more basic than that, and as you know, as you know, full well, ayahuasca sometimes makes you want to shit violently immediately. Sasha knows this because I watched him just fill up his underwear with shit one night which we'll talk about in a minute.
1: I got to tell that full story. You can't just go, yeah, the guy shit himself. There's more to Okay, All right, you
0: tell that one, we'll we'll just bounce around. You hit that one, then I'll hit you with my one as well.
1: I mean, I just had four ceremonies of just the most horrendous, like, there's no words. Like, if there was a hell, it's like they just put me in hell every time. Just absolute hell realm. It, It was such bad, it was like, imagine your soul being torn apart. Like, imagine what it would be like to have like your arm ripped off you but then, but you don't bleed to death; you're still alive. So you're in that torment, and they rip off your other arm, and then your leg, and your other. I mean, it was literally the worst experience you could ever imagine—like your soul being ripped apart to the point where you actually wanted, where you're like, "I'm ready to die." That's fine. I, I cannot exist. No problem. Anything better than that? Like you're literally ready to die, and you can't. It's a fucking shit show. And every night I talk to Shaman, he's like, "Yeah, that's pretty rough. You had that's. I don't know. That's that's pretty bad." And on the last night, he's like, "Look." We won't give you any ayahuasca, and he's like, "Well, we'll do it this way. We'll just we'll put just a drop. We'll just we'll just wet the bottom of your cup with ayahuasca. Everyone's drinking a whole cup. You just have this much, and you'll be fine." Worst night (laughs) ever. I mean, it was just fucking horrible.
0: I remember, Um,
1: but 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 it was fucking. And at one point, at one point, and it was heartbreak. I thought I'm dying, and I I I wanted to be with this one woman. I'm never going to be with her. It was fucking shit. And uh, and at one point I was literally I was going through hell and I realized, okay I'm dying for sure. Life's over. Fuck it. I I accept. I don't care. But I'm dying. And then I realized I had to take a shit. And I was like, fuck, I got to go to the toilet. And then I was like, well, I'm dying anyway. What's the difference if I shit my pants or not? I'm not going to be here to deal with it. So I (laughs) let go and I just shit my fucking pants in the worst night ever and then of course you wake up you know hours later you wake up everyone else is gone in the stinking the
0: tropical body. heat oh, stinking God. And tropical heat i just wake heat. up with oh, just a God. big
1: poop in my pants fucking hell. Well, and it and it got worse it got worse from it got worse from that i i don't I, I don't even know if I, after i'll do the short version but basically after that uh, I couldn't sleep anymore because every time I started falling asleep, I'd go back into ayahuasca hell, and I actually said to James... Hang on, let me tell, let me tell you. Center.
0: I'll tell that bit. Okay, sure. So, yeah, so yeah. I, the next morning, well, what happened from my perspective was I'm sitting there going, doing my trip, and I'm like, whoa, bats and weird shit going on for me, and Sasha starts howling, like screaming like a banshee. I've never heard a human scream like this before, like the, so loud, so intense, and for the whole night, for hours, he was thrashing around... Like wrestling with demons, talking to some woman, and then puking and puking, God, for uh, on and on. And then eventually like you collapsed and then like started shitting yourself and then kind of whimpered and whimpered and kind of mumbled things to yourself for a lot, you know, for another hour. And I'm just there sitting there like, going, oh God, cause everyone had left except you and me. I, I just thought it was you and me. Like all everyone, had, cause it was long into the night. This was at the end. And I was just sort of sitting in my afterglow. Like I just finished my trip and I'm like, oh yeah. And then you started and eventually out of the darkness, came the shaman and he he appeared and I realized he'd been there the whole time. So it was actually just the three of us left. And he came out of the darkness and came over to you and tried to like, you know, shake his shakers and settle you down or whatever. And and it eventually just settled you down into a whimper. And that's where eventually I then left you to wake up with your stinking (laughs) shitty pants the next day. But... What happened was uh, you and I left that center shortly afterwards, I think that day or the next day, we went to Iquitos, which is this bizarre city in the middle of the Amazon, Peruvian Amazon, and we were in a hotel that used to be owned by a rubber baron, and it was a beautiful hotel, like all tiles, 20-foot ceilings, like something out of Indiana Jones kind of thing. And uh, we we were in this big, like, so we'd gone from jungle hut to, like, this gorgeous kind of colonial hotel, and we are both in the same room in these brass beds. And, you know, I passed out after, you know, been fucking two weeks of ayahuasca, and I just, like, pass out. And, and I wake up, I don't know, 10 hours later, and you're sitting, you're at the at my bed like a squirrel, like, just kind of, like, squatting down, and with these wide eyes, and, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh. And, you, and then you literally said to me, what did you say?
1: I said, James, if I don't get some sleep in the next 24 hours, I'm going to kill myself.
0: No, you even said it more, I'm going to jump off a building. You said it worse said than that. You, you said, I've figured it out. I, I have to kill myself. That's what you said. Like, as if you'd realized. You're like, you've, you've been thinking about it all night. You're like, I, I've realized. I have to kill myself. And I'm like, oh, dear. Okay, I just woke up. So let me just figure out. Come here. Okay, Sasha. No, no, let's not. Let's Let's get breakfast first. And then what we did is we went to like a market again out of Indiana Jones where they had fucking snakes in bottles and leopard paws and, and magic potions, like, hel- like something out of fucking Goonies, gremlins or something. And we went to a witch doctor or some like chemist who deals with potions and lotions. And then we asked for something for you to sleep. Valerian and he, root. And oh, he yeah, gave yeah. us a bunch val- of valerian, It was val- right?
1: valerian root. And I was so, I, I, I basically, dude, it was, it was so, it, the torture of like not being able to sleep is brutal like mm-hmm. i get it like why, why they do like sleep deprivation You're like, ah, oh, yeah. that's not so bad it's brutal when you can't sleep brutal and so and so yeah somebody's like hey try some valerian root tea but i had decided if i can't get some sleep i'm gonna top myself i'm not it, it was, I was in such a state of suffering i decided i'm not gonna live like this but when we got to the market when i came up to the guy and said see si, tiene uh, valerian root uh tea, tea, and he goes yeah yeah, see si. so he goes to reach it and i and i i in my head i was like if he knows how badly I need this tea, he could have said, Give me a hundred bucks. I'd just give yeah. him a hundred bucks. If he said, give me five hundred bucks, I would I wouldn't have like just <laughs> everything I have. Give me your passport. Sure, take my passport, give me the tea, I don't care. Yeah. I would have given him anything. And then he goes, That'll be two pesos. Which is like less than, you know, it was like 30 cents or something ridiculous. And I was and I really paused and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna oh, do yeah, now. That is well worth yes. it. Yes, gracias, thank you.
0: So that it. And, that uh, did and help, thank God it right? worked. It worked. Yeah, it worked. Had yeah I had
1: some. I slept, and once I had a nice sleep and I woke up, I was like Okay, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm going to make it. But I did have I did have PTSD for a good uh 6 months after that. I was fucked up
0: Look, for sure. Cuz you left, I think the day after that, and I remember you getting in that rickshaw and it was not you were shaky. Like I remember you just going like, "Okay, Sasha, and you were off to I don't know somewhere in America or somewhere and I was going to fucking Ecuador or somewhere I can't remember." And and then off you went. And so you were I know you had some revelations about that later, like was there stuff that came out later when you started digging into those sessions, gave some explanation to why that was the reaction? Or were you just not built doing it? Yeah, just
1: it's going to sound strange. Some of it might have been my demons and shit coming up and fear and all this kind of stuff, sure. But also, as far as I've been able to work out, there was some shaman, some other shaman that didn't like our shaman, who wanted to put him out of business, and I figured the best way to do that was to have somebody die at one of his ceremonies, and they picked me, and they were actually attacking me. And I've had that. I've had a little digging, and I think that's part of what what was going on. Yeah.
0: As crazy as that sounds to the world, which it does sound crazy to the world, probably, that's a thing, especially in the in the Amazon of shamans. It's a thing. Because a shaman isn't like a necessarily a moral person. It, it's not a religion. It's not a a code of ethics. It's a skill set, right? So it's like a skill set to be able to communicate with plants and animals and people in fucking tripping worlds and to guide people through that. So you could also be a totally evil person or a profiteer or someone who wants to take advantage of people. You could be a gangster and you could still be a shaman. And and a lot of the times in the Amazon, it's like a family business. Like it's like, you know, you passed on, you learn the things. And it's, uh, I've also heard these stories. I don't know, you know, like take it, take it for what we, you know, take it or leave it. But definitely stories of like shaman gangsters and people cursing each other and making people sick and that's the thing you can go and you can go to a shaman, a black shaman there, and you can ask for a curse, or you can ask for a potion that's going to make a woman cheat on her husband with you or something like that. Whether or not those things really work or really exist, hard to say, but I've certainly heard some very, very bizarre stories, not only from you as well, um, about these kinds of things, right? Because this, look, it's like, what is what is going on in the psychedelic space? Because a lot of, a lot of rational scientific people would say, okay, you ingest this substance and it makes it does shit to your brain it makes your brain do weird stuff which then makes you feel things differently makes you hear tastes makes you fucking you know, feel sounds or whatever. It does all sorts of things to you, and then maybe it opens you emotionally and it opens access to parts of your brain. And maybe that's why it gives you some kind of heightened sense of experience, right? So that would be one one explanation of what psychedelics do for you, and, and why why are they therapeutic? Because okay, they help you to open your, your emotions and, and unlock parts of your subconscious. Okay, that makes sense. Then the next, you know, the, the next level of people who would be involved in psychedelics and the shamans would absolutely, if they're real shamans, would believe this is that when they take these substances these medicines they let's say essentially open up portals or channels or ways of communicating with other levels of it, of the lived experience which we can't see so okay so maybe that means like that there is that a plant or a tree could be sentient or it could commun- or you might be able to communicate with fungus or that even the elements in some way are, are communicating with you and that's certainly what it felt like for me Uh, And people say, well, you're tripping on drugs. Yeah, I was. I was tripping on hard drugs. Yeah, really good drugs. But I had so many experiences where I really like tangibly felt this, this type of animal or this, you know, almost nebulous spirit of the forest or the river uh, or the wind or just the, you know, microorganisms under the soil or, or even like things that I can't see that look like, I don't know, aliens or something are all communicating with me and, and channeling some kind of knowledge or some kind of experience through through me Uh, and when you've had that experience it's kind of hard to deny it because I am pretty scientific and rational and I can see the the argument for the other one that I said like I'm like yeah I mean that that also makes sense and you could you could leave it there you could say yeah that's what psychedelics do cool that's useful or not useful or bad or good but that's what it is but when you go into a escape with let's say someone who's really knows the environment a good shaman especially in the jungle is something really powerful about doing it there. It, it amplifies everything so much. Yeah. It's hard to deny that there is layers of life and sentience that we can't see.
1: Yeah. I mean, it surprised me like how arrogant do we have to be as human beings to think that what we see in our five sense reality, that just what, if we can't see it and we can't write down what it is and explain, then it can't be real. It can't exist. I mean, that's, that's insane. That's, that's, that's the greatest example of a human ego out of control. We're so smart that we know everything. We don't know shit. Uh, we don't know anything, actually. And, and in fact, uh, science is just starting to scratch the surface about the, the, the most important thing, which is consciousness. Right? What would we be experiencing if we didn't have consciousness? Nothing. That's what we are. First, we're consciousness. We're awareness. Then having this Oh, Look, I've, I've got legs. And okay, I guess I'm a human. Okay, great. But it's it's consciousness itself. And so so what we're exploring on these on these things is different levels of Consciousness, different levels of awareness. So, drug, drug these substances. I don't, I don't even like calling them drugs because they're not. They're sacred plant medicines. But they, they allow us to open up to much more. And we, we are multi-levelled. We're, yes, we're the, we are the body and we are the mind. But we are also spirit. Without spirit, we wouldn't be here. And there's layers to that. There's the soul. There's the oversoul. And then, of course, uh, on a, on another level of consciousness, which I've, I've experienced, and it's fucking mind blowing and undescribable. And that was without drugs was actually the pure pure state of just just existence awareness without any identification as any any person at all just existence itself that on another level we're just that right we're that in all these infinite forms being people
0: frequency of awareness expressing itself through these funny dramas by putting us, putting themselves in these human sacks that that moment that you described earlier of like the human kind of being coming aware of itself is such a funny moment really. And it's like every human throughout history at some point did that. You know, you you can imagine cavemen just suddenly going, Oh, I'm a thing. (laughs) You know, every person going, Oh, oh yes i 'm aware of myself it 's such a, it's such a funny gift, but you 're right that there are so many layers to what it means to be aware and and many layers of, of unawareness, which is essentially it can work on every level like we we saw that way back in the day with all of our clients that the level of unawareness of just your proximity or the effect that you 're having on people with your tonality or your eye contact or the, the, the your word choice um, or unawareness of your posture I remember you used to Your body is so different now. Like, you used to be this barrel-chested dude with these, like, lifted-up shoulders and this huge musculature, but it was all congested and tense, and you were always... Like, remember how Sash used to run around like a barrel? Yeah, You don't look like that. I called you a bull. That's what they called him in the saunas. Right. Did you hear that?
1: No, the same way I say
0: what? I said, you walk like the same way you do everything in life just charging in like just with this, like, it. yeah yeah that was me that was me like
1: running on the stage <laughs> doing comedy and running after the girl. yeah and it worked it worked, it, worked. Yeah. it got me to a certain place oh but good. that's that's this it,
0: again this interesting concept of the only thing holding you up is the thing that's fucking you up it's like it's it's such a funny thing for humans because we will survive until we don't right that's our major that's our main skill in life is surviving until we don't survive anymore And so there's all sorts of ways to do that. Some of them are really fun and easy, and some of them are really shitty and hard, um, yet they still kind of get you through the 40, 60, 80 years of your life. And so you you had that thing where you were holding way more work, way more heaviness, and more pain than you needed to. And you can see it just in the way your body's stripped down and you're loose in your shoulders. And remember I used to have to work on your bloody shoulders all the time?
1: You used to loan me one massage from oh, my first ayahuasca you know. trip. I remember I gave you a nice twenty minute one and you said, I'm gonna get you later and you never I'm hold I'm waiting for that massage, James. Oh. I'm waiting.
0: You can't um, you can't hold me yeah. to a debt that's that tripping me made. I don't remember tripping me making that deal.
1: Listen, it happened.
0: Okay, I'll give you one. All
1: right.
0: You wanna ask me yeah, anything? No. what do you want what do you wanna talk about?
1: Well, uh yeah, so the you know, that was a crazy time. Um but ayahuasca never did much for me. That, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't have a good relationship with it. I'm not taking it personally. But if ayahuasca was like in a room across the room, I wouldn't say hi. I wouldn't Ooh. be like, hey, I, I, I would just be like, yeah, okay. I know he's over there. She's over there. I don't I do don't know. It's okay. when you look, you know, you uh, kind of
0: look over and you remember, you remember that time when you made me shit my pants on that? Yeah, yeah well, I haven't, no. I haven't really forgotten that. So, you know, No.
1: that's cool. I'm not happy. That's cool, but yeah, yeah. it's it's okay. Maybe one day people ask me if I do it again. Probably not. Do you want uh, to talk about San
0: Pedro then? Because that's definitely
1: sure. Yeah, a yeah. So I've had Yeah, I've had. So basically, other than that, um, there's a couple of substances that have that have helped me uh, quite a lot. Uh, one of them is San Pedro. It's a, it's a lot. If you take a big dose, it's still very intense. But oh, yeah. it's it's less likely to get out of out of control with with the with the right dose. With ayahuasca, you can take the right dose and still have a fucking crazy entire you know. But with San Pedro, if you take the right dose, nope, you're going to feel good. You're going to get into your heart. You open up. You connect to nature. You get downloaded certain truths, and it, it's like a grandfather, very mm. loving, very gentle energy. It's beautiful. And I remember telling you like because you were about to do it for the first time when I saw, I saw you last year. And I was like, oh you' gonna, you're gonna love it and I, I think you did. So for me that was very, very powerful and I, and I the first time I took a little bit too much and I remember uh, going up this uh, hill or near here actually in Ecuador with a friend and it was just I was a little, I was getting confused and it was just a little bit too much for me and I was like what's going on? But there was a, a moment of two things happened on this one trip I remember a moment of absolute gratitude for my life so I literally was like, holy fuck, I'm so lucky to be alive I literally dropped down on my knees and I was like, thank you God. <laughs> Like, I screamed, thank you, God, that was, and my friend was like, that was fun. And then I also had one moment where I just had this feel, this very deep feeling of, like, I'm everything, I'm one with everything. And I looked at the mountain, I was like, fuck, I'm the mountain just as much as I'm me. Like, it's just, it's all really me. And I had this deep knowing of, like, I could jump off the mountain right now, and it wouldn't change anything. I'm still, I'm still, I would still be fine. And then I went, I'm not going to do it, but it's interesting. So it was was that first really deep sneak into that ultimate spiritual truth that, you know, we're all we're all one consciousness experience. That was that first like, holy fuck. But San Pedro has been good to me. Small doses of it can be really useful because it just opens you up. You know what I'm saying? To kind of process things and and get in a more loving place. So it's it's, San Pedro has been great. And I recommend to people who are like, yeah, I want to work with some kind of plant. Really feel into it, but I would recommend San Pedro definitely before the ayahuasca. I would
0: definitely. I also agree with that because I did shitloads of ayahuasca over multiple retreats, like quite a lot more than you. I did like I don't know thirty sessions or forty sessions or something, and for me it it it, it worked well. Uh, like I really got a lot out of it. Um, it. I never had a really awful night, but I certainly had the overwhelm of what ayahuasca is, which is that it's it's a swirling, tentacle-laden, organic, jungle, trickstery, wild vine, right? It really... There's some points where you're sitting in... I've had experiences where I'm sitting in absolute celestial bliss, like, surrounded by beautiful fractal rainbows of the rainforest, like it's in Avatar, and then suddenly it turns into all the rotting, like dying mold crawling all over you and snakes and spiders coming from the inside, not in a horror kind of way, but for me, but more in just like, Oh, that's everything. Life is beautiful and death and rot and fear and everything happened uh, in many, many different ways. So yeah, it can, it can be a really overwhelming experience and my experience with San Pedro, which I've done much less of, but uh, yeah, was of this sense. It felt really open and, and expansive, whereas, the ayahuasca is often kind of crawling all over you, whereas this felt really like etheric and open. And yeah, this connection to something masculine, that that was something that a lot of us really reported back, Uh, a fathering force of some sort, like not in like a a human form or anything, but some sense of connection with the maleness and the masculine pain. I I got that, Uh, but also the pride and the heroism and the the positivity of, uh, you know, a good patriarch, for example. And it really helped me and my students to open up a lot, like emotionally, especially, like really hard opening experiences, which for a lot of men is really, they don't even know what that means when, when you say hard opening. And I don't blame you for it, I didn't either. But but a sense of like, where it really just, just feels like you're bursting in your chest and, and emotions that have been stuck, whether it's you need to cry or laugh or express love or, or whatever it is. It's something that men do need to do, and a lot of men don't. They repress it for decades.
1: Dude, this is a such a huge, huge, huge thing, man. And this is, and it links into the the, the one other thing I was going to say that I've done substance wise that that uh, that helped me a lot. And it's actually MDMA. MDMA has been, if you treat it with respect, like you treat it like a medicine, not like, hey, let's get fucked up when I get high. Go Ibiza, man. Some pills, man. You love it, going No, no. Visa, no. Oh Not, no, yeah. Well, I was hey, I just was went a to a geezer accent. to
0: get over my post-traumatic stress disorder. I was going large, took Cheng Pingers, and next day I still for, I still had issues with me dad and that. Uh
1: that was actually quite a good impression of a of, of a, a scout like a, a geezer. Yeah, yeah, a lad, lad no, Fucking hell, no, lads. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Um so um James has gotten better at uh, being funny. I like to think I was one of his influences, because uh, ten, 10 years ago he was very serious. Now he's less serious.
0: There was ten times less jokes back then.
1: He was way ten less way jokes. Way less jokes. So this is more fun. But but seriously, MDMA it, it, again, it opens up your heart. It basically just opens you up, so you feel tons of love. It actually all it does is it actually releases the serotonin in your brain, so it's actually there anyway. And you're just, but in that state of absolute love and acceptance, the things that you were afraid of, or the things you were avoiding, or the emotions, or the whatever story you were telling yourself, like oh yeah. It just comes up, and you look at it from a place of love, and you go, hey, "I can let that go. That's mm. not a big deal." Because when you're in that state of absolute love, it's like you feel so happy. There's nothing, uh, nothing can hurt you in that place. You're just like from a place of love. You can forgive that bully that used that you fucked you up and picked on you, and you're angry at him still, or or, or you know me angry at my mother, or angry at the women, or whatever. From a place of love, you go, oh, no, I get it. It's okay." I, well, that I landmine so, that
0: blew blew your mate's leg off in Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's that's a shitty one.
0: That one, yeah. But
1: you know, you you, you know, so 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 MDMA. Is very powerful, very healing. If 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 you come at it, and again, it is what you said for us men. You know, it's it's really, really, really dangerous and harmful programming. Oh yeah, just suck it up, be fucking tough. All if you cry, you're fucking puffed. Especially uh, especially where you're from in Australia, right? They're super macho. Your culture's so macho. Even the the women are are tough guys. You know what I'm saying? You know you know all about that. So so as men, it's one of those absolutely most profound experiences whether you use it with substances or, or some other procedure or whatever, but to be able to actually share and be vulnerable to say, Hey man, you know what? I'm really upset over this or, or, you know, I'm carrying this story from my childhood or whatever it is, but to just be able to be vulnerable, whether that means crying or just telling someone that you love them, but just vulnerability, being authentic, sharing who you are. It is not in the cultural programming. You know what I'm saying? It really is not. Uh, and so it's such a critical piece and, and that a lot of that stuff, it helped me cope with all this fucking shit, you know, being able to get – and through my comedy and through the – you know, some some of the San Pedro and some of the ecstasy and all this kind of stuff, being able to just let go and, and be in that love and just make peace with all the stuff that happened. It was a huge – you know, it's, it, it's an ongoing journey. But, man, it's super profound when you start letting some of that go, letting go. Oh, my God, dude. It's like different reality.
0: Yeah, because we kind of have the choice in life to either like keep – like – Twisting the coils and making these springs tighter inside ourselves, and adding calcification, and and following thought loops that either make us a victim or make us reactive as when we, to us being a victim and then swinging hard the other way to become a control freak or whatever. It's like it's so much work to try and hold control over over all of these internal aspects, and then try to hold control over the world to compensate as well, which is where you get. Lots of weird reflections, where someone becomes really domineering or really uh, manipulative or you know all sorts of negative ways it expresses, and then it 's funny because the other option is to let the spring uncoil, and often it doesn 't require even any work except to stop twisting it the other way right? you know it 's like often just shining the light of awareness, simple simple awareness of like tension in body, tension in mind, tension in emotions negative thought patterns that are looping around making you more and more angry or whatever the things are that are going on internally just shining that like a spotlight and going okay there's tension that you're working and hard to do you're actually putting effort into making your misery well just don't even don't even do something different just don't do that just let go of that you know right just it's a real art form it's like chilling out like i took me years to learn to chill out really what to be able to actually relax to be able to you know, just chill with somebody and be there with them without kind of feeling a need to, oh, I better do something or life's passing or, you know, what does this person think of me and, and so on. So, which is why I, I think it's so important to have some forms of a retreat in your life, uh, whether those are physical, whether that's removing yourself completely from society like you and I have done at various points and we kind of are right now, like you're living in a village in Ecuador and I'm living in a village in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just go mig tower without well, like, even yeah, without yeah. even meaning <laughs> to?
1: Villages are the best. It's great.
0: We totally love great. villages. It's all about hashtag village so game. Good. So good. Yeah, someone said that. He's like, oh, looks like James has gone mig tower, gone out by himself, bought some guns, and living on a farm. I'm like, I did do that, but that's not why. It's not. That's not my th- look. Okay, I'm just. Do- I may be doing mig but I'm not. I don't. It's I'm not all right. Fucking, there are plenty any,
1: of ladies coming through that household. Yeah, exactly. That's all the people need
0: to know. And anyway, yeah. think of a better, better name. Like you, like of all the names you could have had for a movement, me men go their own way. Like how not tough does that sound? You could have chosen anything like this, the, the lone Spartans, the, of, alpha,
1: the alpha movement. Yeah. Like yeah. the
0: lone wolves or something that sounded a bit tougher. And they're like men who go their own way. <laughs> okay. You, you need to rethink that movie poster. I think.
1: I don't know James I'm worried there's going to be some angry comments maybe on the Uh, no I'm not I'm uh, not commenting
0: all I'm commenting about is your name should have been tougher yeah no no
1: that's all I'm saying that's all I'm
0: saying yeah do you want to talk about some comedy and how that helps therapy and what's going on in that part of your life
1: all that good stuff I, I shall just add one little one little thing add a big um, one if you want I don't because give a a shit. A, all, right, all right all right i'll add a big i big thing or a medium a one big, whatever you want a little big thing hmm. so as we were talking about you know healing and self-acceptance expressions all this kind of stuff
0: we talked a lot about drugs actually
1: <laughs> we did talk a lot about drugs so i actually want to talk about one point that is not about drugs um and it's this it's that my my biggest spiritual uh really most profound experiences were actually off drugs and I wanna emphasize this point. Drugs, I think they're great to get a little taster of like that ultimate truth. Like, oh shit, there's more to, okay, I'm not just a really smart monkey, okay, good. But, but there's so much more and the really, really big ones happened. Uh, well, frankly, I, I, I mean, I think you're similar to me in this way. I, I kind of have this obsessive personality. Like if I get into something, I really get into something. So whether it was stand up comedy, I was absolutely obsessed with it. Pickup, absolutely obsessed with it. For a while, poker, absolutely obsessed with it. When it was crypto, absolutely obsessed and, and i got you into that as well so mm, you you paid yeah. that paid off for a little a little bit for you that obsession uh, you listen to me eventually i think around the 3500 mark let's not get I've, into bitcoin i've got, I've got one, one thing to say about that all right
0: i should have listened to you earlier and i should have stopped listening to you later
1: okay yeah fair enough right that's that, that's a fair analysis yeah, yeah. overall you're still up yeah, for i'm still advice. up i'm still up that, you're still up that's that's not good but um so my point is i, I really go into things deep so the last the last kind of deep Fucking rabbit hole I went. It was actually the spiritual, you know, spiritual enlightenment, waking up. Like, what is who am I? What am I doing here? That 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 one, and I've had absolutely mind blowing experiences. That you know, when you really commit, and not most people don't actually go down this rabbit hole, and that's fine. I think I think we all will at some point in some lifetime. You know, I believe in reincarnation, so if you if you don't, you know. Whatever, I, I think we'll all, we'll, you'll all get there when you're, when, when you're ready, whether it's later in this life or whatever, uh, or another one. But um, when you really have that intention behind anything, and I think you'll back me up on this point, in life intention is the most important thing. Like you've been meditating for a long time. If you sit there and meditate and your intention is simply to clear your mind and be present and just allow the thoughts to pass, that's probably what's going to happen. If you focus, you're probably not going to have a profound spiritual awakening because that wasn't what you were asking for. You see, the intention behind what you're doing is the key. And so for me, for some weird reason, I don't know why I'm a freak, but around 2015, I was like, I'm going to wake up no matter what. And I was obsessed with it. I went around and saw enlightened masters. I did seminars. I was reading all the books, watching all the videos, got into meditation. I mean, everything to just like to try and wake the fuck up. And I've had experiences of various degrees from like subtle to like holy fuck that are absolutely undescribable. but ultimately the experience are basically in layers it generally happens in layers for other people as well that the ego this idea of what we think we that that we are like these series of thoughts and this body and this mind and these beliefs i'm a man and i'm successful people like me all, all these ideas that are completely just constructs and in these experiences what dissolves is that idea of identity as this guy this one person who's going to live about 100 or whatever years that the completely fading away of that and the realization that holy shit there's so much more going on that actually at some level and you tap into that even if it's for 30 seconds or a few hours or whatever that you are actually something so much grander and it. It, it is it is consciousness literally we are that awareness that goes I exist I am. You know, other animals, even doggies, they're great. They don't have that. They don't they don't go, I wonder what I should do. No, they're just they're just dogs. You know, ants are just ants. Plants are just plants. They, they exist, they have a consciousness too of, of some type, but they do not have self-awareness. And that in the big, big, big experiences, because I was so desperate to know the answer, I found I, I I was lucky enough by God's grace to to receive the answer, which is I am actually period. I I am full stop. Sure, I'm a person right now too, but in the ultimate I'm not. I'm so much grander, and that the peace and tranquility, the liberation that comes when you realize that this is—if you lose the body, it's not a big deal. You continue on. You know, you're for, you're actually on, on a soul level, on a much higher level. You are eternal. Everybody is eternal. But discover—if you want to actually discover that—holy fuck! If you set your intention to that, on, onto that, the things and experiences you can have uh, are absolutely mind-blowing. And 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 I would say to anybody listening, it it really is worth it to to explore that question: Who am I? What is consciousness? What am I doing here? You know, what what is my nature? And to take that into your whatever, into your uh, plant medicine trips or into your meditations or into your contemplations, but take that with you because it's a question worth asking. And I think we're so busy in this society running around trying to make money and be successful and get the next house and, you know, all these things. Do we really take time to just answer the, to, to ask even the big question of what, who am I and what am I doing here? So just, just something I wanted to put yeah. up there.
0: It's, you kind of have to answer, ask that question at some point in your life and people do ask it in different ways and they come to all sorts of answers you know sometimes they're like what is the, what's the purpose of my life it's to be a consumer that's that's my job and that's what I, and it works right i work i make money and i buy things and people say good boy keep buying things and maybe i get a maybe i get a a partner who does that too and maybe we live happily ever after buying shit i don't know but it's <laughs> But there's definitely, of course, multiple layers of, of experiencing consciousness and, and reality. And what I've found in those moments where I've had breakthroughs, sometimes breakthroughs are really boring in a way, like they're not like necessarily, for me anyway, like not like fireworks and, and always like war, like in, in the movies when someone breaks through in the Matrix or something and suddenly like everything makes sense. It's been more like it's this amusing remembering, suddenly like, oh, yeah. Like, and I, I remember that feeling a number of times in various meditations or in trips of just going, oh, now I remember, now I remember me, like, and me, the, 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 whether it's eternal or more, or whether it's this connected me, or it's like the, oh, all of those things that I thought were me, those things I was stressed about. And it looks so funny. Like, it's quite, it's really like amusing to look and go, oh yeah, I, I cared about all that. None of that, no, none of that matters. Don't worry about that. I remember who I am. And then the funny thing is that you, you can forget it again. Like humans are hilarious. They can then completely fall back into a delusion. And then three years later, be reminded again. Oh yeah, this is me. That's that's one thing I found with my spiritual quest. Because when I started meditating, I was eighteen. I was I was gunning for enlightenment by twenty-five. That was my goal. <laughs> you know? That's
1: right. That's that. That's what's so fa- that's so interesting about you. You went on this such yeah. a wild ride. You did it way too early, and then you're like, fuck it, I want to get chicks. And then you went all the way on the other fucking end. And I like to think at some point now you're going to slowly come back to the. The other side. I will be but teetering yeah, be in the crazy. middle somewhere for, or you'll forever. Be in the, or you'll be teetering till you're 80, 84 years old, reading the Bhagavad Gita while getting a blowjob yeah, from some 20, that's 26 a great year old.
0: Idea. Good idea. <laughs> See, now I'm going to blame that on you. No, I had that idea already. Yeah. Hang on, was the point? Okay. Just rem- this, that remembering and forgetting. Well, that's, yeah, because I was gunning for enlightenment as a young man. But I I realized, well, I had to realize that it doesn't really work like that. Or if it does, maybe for some monastic monk who just follows the road maybe. But for me, it was like, okay, getting into spirituality initially was like, I didn't like myself. And I wanted to get to that enlightenment that I read about and described as essentially bliss and being and seeing ultimate truth and not being this person that I don't like, but being some Buddha essentially, right? That was a pretty weird thing for an 18 year old in Canberra to want, but that's what I wanted. But as I went through the next decades always following spiritual paths to greater or lesser degrees, sometimes swinging hard into hedonism, sometimes, sometimes swinging very hard, sometimes swinging, going back into monastic life, living in jungles, going and doing kung fu and whatever. Yeah, I see that the, we're, we're such funny creatures. In the same way that we can get damaged and repaired many, many times, we can become ignorant and enlightened many times in in greater and, and lesser ways. And that, in a way, is part of the, f- the greatness of this journey is that you need to keep reminding yourself. That's why you do, you, you can look at a sunset for the first time and it can it can trigger something in you or it can, or it can pass for another three years. Or medit- meditating, you can get into this and really uh, explore yourself or you can fall off and go more into narcissism or into ego or into achievement. And maybe you needed to... Achieve something in a warrior Kind of in your warrior path And in the external world path And in a way you needed to block your heart Or just stay bullheaded focused for some period of time Because that was the time for that and then it cycles
1: yeah 100 percent. what you're saying it's like you're going to have the realizations while living your life that are going to lead you to those you know what i'm saying that's where the spiritual stuff comes from by failing and break having your heart broken and fucking up your career and all these things that's our actually so many people literally when they accept death like they're on their deathbed and boom they reach enlightenment or or, or you know they, they they get a divorce or you know something really intense happens and that's when you have to almost kind of go oh my you turn to god and go what is happening and that's when so many you know so many of these things happen and exactly what you said Uh, It it, life is. It's really like this. uh, This this river. Uh, Like for for me, you know, at first I was doing. I was doing um, all stand up comedy, but more from an egoic place, and had to be super funny, all this kind of stuff. I wasn't ready at that point for any great awakening or whatever. I had to go do through. I wasn't even ready for personal healing. I was clueless. I had to go and get really heartbroken and desperate and and, and really needy and then bang heaps of chicks bang heaps of chicks and learn those lessons and realize it's not just about sex it's about loving yourself and accepting yourself and and go through all this crazy shit before eventually getting to the point where i'm like okay now i want to wake up and after going through major awakenings all this kind of stuff now i'm at a point just that literally in the last year or two where i'm like you know what now i'm ready to fulfill my purpose and go do stand-up comedy and wake up huge amounts of people. from Because I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm integrated, I'm, I've healed enough, I understand who I am and what I am and what my gift is. And I also know that I, my, my greatest passion is waking people up to the truth of their nature. So now I can go do comedy from that higher level, that spiritual level, you know what I'm saying? Where people will be like, oh, he's funny and he's spiritual and he and he's authentic and he knows who he is. Now I'm ready. I'm 41 years old. And now I feel like, okay, now I'm ready to do what I came here to do. And what a a fucking crazy ride it was. You know, it wouldn't have have been the same. I'm like, no, no no fucking what, way what, what no scriptwriter would have
0: written that they'd be like and then that you're gonna throw that in nah it's like I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars in some ways like imagine if Star Wars the whole point of Star Wars to was initially was to bang lots of chicks like Luke Skywalker going through his training wasn't with lightsabers it was him like trolling the streets banging heaps of chicks to eventually realize that he didn't need to bang all the chicks and that he was one with all the chicks or some shit
1: that would have been weird maybe I'll
0: redo that movie out here
1: the PUA Star Wars version
0: yeah the porno version. Okay, you've been doing some stuff, different different stuff. You're always doing different stuff. But you've been doing stuff recently with healing and comedy. So tell me a bit about that. And I know you want to talk to my guys about it. So tell them about it.
1: Yeah, sure, Shane. Well, it's basically what I said. I've been in this massive journey from comedy to chasing chicks to healing and loving myself to spiritual awakening. So it's been this like, holy shit, crazy. And uh, about five years ago, I was doing a, a buddy of mine's uh, e- e- course. Uh, my friend Steve Pavlina. It was a course where he just kind of makes up stuff as you go along. He goes with the energy of the room and things kind of unfold. And it was great. And somewhere near the end, I just said, hey, you know, I've been doing comedy for a long time. Would anybody like to to learn how to write jokes and just do do comedy? And about half the people went, yeah, we, we want to do comedy. So I just kind of explained to them what I think authenticity is and why, what's funny and what's not funny, how to write a joke, just basic stuff, really. But I shared honestly, like, this is what I think you could do to be funny. And so in the end, every single person that agreed to do it, even though some people were like, oh, no, I'm not going to get up and tell my little joke I've written or my story. I'm too shy. In the end, everybody got up and they, they told their little bit. Even to some people, it was like a two-minute story. Some people was whatever, five minutes. But everybody did their bit. And we laughed our asses off, James. Every single person – and these aren't people who wanted to be comedians. They're just there for a personal development course with Steve. But every single person – was funny i mean i'm not lying every single person we were a lot there were mormons there james oh, saying shit about what it's yes. like being oh james it comedy so moments. they have they have they have special underwear oh, no, they have they to do. wear on certain dates it's crazy they weird as fuck so, so we were we were crying there was a point where i had a tear running down my because i laughed so hard it was unbelievable and so and so after that i was like and the people came up to me and they said, "That was really that was really healing. That was really great." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, it was it was funny, but I, I never was able to tell that story before because I had guilt around it or I had shame around it. And I, I, I when you showed me how I could make it funny, it was okay, and I told it, and I'm okay with it now. I could just I'm okay. I'm, I accept that part of myself now. I feel better. And I was like, huh, okay, because I was just trying to show you how to be funny, but I, I didn't. So so something in my mind went, huh, years." went by that was around 2015 i once in a while i'd be in a city like in new york or whatever and i'd say let's do another one of those let's let's do a mini one day comedy and i just started calling it comedy therapy because i realized that's what it is it's comedy therapy so i started doing it and it just started developing and i had done some crazy shit myself i did primal therapy which i told you about. where you're really going to your childhood and your patterns and your deep shit oh it's fucking brutal so that and all the other stuff i've done uh, meditation all kinds of crazy shit and i just started taking some of the stuff i'd learned and i'm like okay well what if i Get people to do this exercise where they get present with each other. What if I get people to do this exercise and get them to be more more vulnerable? What if I get people to do this exercise and get them to accept that they're not perfect, as well as teaching you, hey, what's funny, how to write a joke, and you know which part of your story are funny, which part is too heavy, you know, and, and all this together, so that throughout the course you're you're sharing who you are. You're just getting okay with your story. You're getting okay with the fact that we're all kind of fucked up. We're all humans. We're all a little bit fucked up in some way. Accepting your own shit, accepting other people's shit. And just getting real enough to go, hey, I'm Sasha and I'm kinda of fucked up. And here's my here's the time my dad kicked the shit out of me. Here's the time my mom fucking left me went to Cuba for a week and left me alone with the fucking boat. <laughs> and I had to deal with that shit, you know, with that to shit, places and, and is shit To Cuba. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like like so you 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 and so at so at the end of the thing, you're just you're more in your, you're just okay with you. You have that self-acceptance, accepting yourself as an imperfect human being. Because guess what? We're all imperfect human beings. Nobody, and, and that's the thing. You realize we're all going around with these masks. Oh yes, I'm so and so, and I started this company and I'm very successful. And look at these pictures of me. And you can tell I'm very popular. And it's a mask. And that's and that and that's why I think authenticity is, is picking up as a thing because people are realizing it's a fake society we live in. Everybody, oh, you got to get this watch or this car, and you know you got to make this much money. All this kind of shit. Like no, you just have to be comfortable being yourself and bringing. And, and, and getting to that point where you you've healed and you know who you are enough for you want to bring your unique gift to the world where you want to bring whatever is it whether it's music or comedy or whatever art where you're you're being you and bringing whatever makes you the happiest into the world that's the idea but if you're if you're constricted oh I hope people don't find out that um that, that, that uh, you know, my mom did love that I have, I have insecurities. Fuck. If anybody finds out I'm insecure, I'm fuck. You know, you're not going to be able to bring your gift to the world if you're afraid to show who you are. The real you, not the mask. I'm perfect. Everything is totally fine. There's no problems. I'm totally fine. Everything's fine. I had a great child. Everything was perfect. Mom and dad love me. Everybody loves me. And my relationship is perfect. Everything's perfect. My dog loves me. Everything's great. Not that one. The fuck. Right, so that's really what the, the the course is about: getting, doing the exercise, getting really authentic and raw with you, your truth, so you can express who the fuck you are, and then. Yeah, getting up at the end of the course and fucking telling your story and laughing your ass off and share, sharing that. So the final, final like mission, you're, and you're workshopping your jokes all the time with me and the other members. But at the end, you're performing, your on Zoom, you're performing your, your your show. And bonus mission, if for those who choose to take it, you'll go to a comedy club or an open mic night and invite your friends and actually perform your, your whatever five-minute set in public and face your biggest fear, which for most people is their biggest fear, public speaking. And that's the course.
0: That sounds great on so many levels. And as you were talking about that, I kind of imagined like this taking off in the future. And I imagined you having like a clinic, which was a comedy, uh, like a, it, it has the front of like a comedy show. And then people come in and they check in, they, you know, they pay and they like hand over their, whatever. And then they get said, okay, you're going to be a heckler. Now you need to let out your anger towards uh, men and you to women. That's your job. And you're going to head up there and you're going to say the jokes that we were all great therapy. Like it sounds fucking awesome. And uh, like both of us have used, of course, comedy as as a way of processing our lives all the time. Like, you know, like just dealing with the absurdity of you and me on the road taking 12 grown men and trying to f- become a street level therapist and, and figure shit out every day. Like, we were constantly cracking jokes at ourselves, at the students, at the scenarios, like at the absurdity of, of life in general. And it's certainly been the thing that's helped me get through having a bit of a rant and a, and a, a joke with my buddies for sure. Yeah. So tell me, like I so say, maybe that's not so clear to people. This is an online course that is happening. Uh, tell us about the details exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to roll it out fairly soon. So May 31st will be the modu- first module. It'll be eight weeks. Every Sunday we'll meet up and uh, for about i'd like to say an hour hour and a half would be the time commitment and again throughout the course we the great cool thing with zoom is we can do breakout rooms so at times you'll be breaking out and you'll be doing exercises one on one sometimes you'll be in a in a mini group i'll be playing clips of different comedians we will be analyzing their style and what's funny and what's not funny so you'll be developing and and kind of feel into like what's your style do you want to be the angry guy who's making fun of people do you well, want the to just deadpan be the,
0: kind of just yeah you want to
1: be the deadpan one-liner guy yeah everybody's got their thing But uh, so over eight weeks, we're going to do the healing work. We're going to connect. We're going to get more real, more authentic with each other. And we're going to develop your own unique, uh, real life uh, comedy set where you can share your shit with other people. And what people don't realize is it doesn't matter if you're like, well, I don't really want to do comedy. Imagine what it would be like to, to, to when you meet somebody to be able to talk about you in a way where you're making fun of yourself. You know, it's the most disarming, That one of the keys to charisma is being okay with your story and being able to take the piss out of yourself. People immediately get disarmed. When you come in and you're being all perfect. Yeah, oh, yes, I made $2.9 million last year. People are like, oh, God, this guy's, you know, it's ego. But when you come in, you're like, eh, I'm kind of a retard, to be honest. You know, I just, I, I screwed this up in my life and this and I, I lost half a million dollars last year because I was an idiot. You know, it, when you just come out and you're like, hey, I'm an imperfect human being, people go. Oh, thank God! I'm fucked. up. I'm not perfect too. We could be friends. You're not going to judge me because you, you just told me a story that you're also retarded. Fantastic! So what a what a skill in life to be able to say, "Hey, I'm Sasha. I'm a little bit fucked up," and to be able to share that authentically. Man, I don't care whether you want to date more women or have more friends or just be able to be fearless. It's a hell of a skill set that I'm offering up here.
0: It certainly is because I can say that for myself. I've gotten way more honest, way funnier, way less giving a shit every year in the last ten years, and. The results mean that like, I don't, I don't have to spend time pretending I'm someone else, which is annoying and stressful and people polarize. Yes, yeah, Some people just like, don't like me for sure. But mostly if they like me, they're like, cool, I get to see the real him and I like the real him. So he looks, he seems to be pretty authentic. He's, sh- he's showing his vulnerabilities, but he's not being, you know, he's not being weak and supplicating about it. It's just like, yep, I got the good shit. I got the bad shit. People do respect that. Uh, and it just, it's so much easier so much Dude, easier
1: gr- gr- growing up it's really just a journey of self-acceptance it really is it's just and people think oh it's shitty when you get older no it's not mm. it's so good I'm 41 mm. I know who I am I'm not trying to get people to like me I know what Dick I'm here still to do I, 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 Dick still works Dick still works not like <laughs> before but still still works <laughs> And yeah, it's just great. It's great. You know, it's funny. I remember I was uh, a few, many years ago, uh, quite a long time ago, I was talking to a guy who's just an interesting guy. I just ran got into a chat with this guy. He was about 55. Really sweet, little fat, you know, fat that wasn't really taking care of himself, but like a nice guy in the UK. And I'm chatting to him and I said, and I said yeah, and he was really successful. He'd been in a lot of big businesses he'd had and he traveled around the world. And I was really looking at this guy like, this guy's really happy and he's 55. I said, I should ask him questions. And that's one of the things I, I do in life. If I meet people who are older and they seem to have their shit together, I ask him stuff. I want to know, hey, how, you know, how did you? And one of the questions I asked him was, I said, what was the, the most fun of the, in your life? Was it in your 20s? Was it a teenager, 30s? Like, well?" And, and he looked at me, in no, no hesitation at all. He just went, right now. Right now, 55 years old, never had more fun. And I said, "Really? Cuz you're you're kind of old and fat. You can't really run around or do, you know, you're 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 a little bit past <laughs> your prime." I just did it in a joking way. But but I was a little bit surprised. I was like, "Really? You're 55 years old." And he just <laughs> went, "Yeah, man, because I know who I am. I know I know what I want. I'm not trying to do anything for anybody. I'm just living my life." He says, "Every year I gotten older, I got more comfortable just being myself and 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 I've never been happier." And I really I just got it. I look at him and I was like, "Huh. That's awesome." And it is. Mm.
0: something to look forward to everybody something to look forward to especially for you young guys when you're 21 you're like oh I've got no, to do I've, no you don't you don't have to do anything you don't, anything. Have, to, you don't nope. have to do any of that whatever that is you think no, you have no. to oh, nope. nah. just do some stuff you like doing it'll get and try and figure yourself yeah. out gradually nice. in your own time in your own be way be nice to
1: yourself be gentle to yourself you know, be nice to other people nice. don't put yeah, pressure don't, on yourself don't take drugs. take drugs consciously just, don't do it unconsciously
0: Go to church and do um, you know vote. Republican. Don't
1: go on the spiritual no, path. No, no, no. Don't go to church. I'm um, just Jesus channeling Nancy silly. Reagan again. Uh, but yeah, don't don't take it so seriously. Seriously, you know what I mean? Just just be gentle here. So we we got so many ideas when we're oh I we got to do this and this and prove to the world. You don't have to prove anything. You're a unique snowflake, and all the human beings on planet Earth, you're the only one that's you. You've got your own unique personality, your own gifts, your own everything. You're you are absolute unique in creation. You just need to recognize that. And go all, all along your unique journey, and nobody should be telling, dictating to you what that is. You know, you explore it, fuck up, do whatever. You don't have to do it perfect. Me and James didn't. We fucked up so much. It's we, you know. When I write a book, it's probably you know. I've been, I've been joking around. Ah, my my next comedy show. Book. I have the title for it, and uh, you know, I actually do have my my old uh, Alex the Comic dot uh, com website. It's got some clips there if people want to see how angry and how funny I was back in my twenties and thirties. But um, my next comedy show, when I get it out, it's going to be called. Alex Lazarev, an autobiography of fuck ups. That's the title of the Ooh. show because there's so many fuck ups and they're right. hilarious. So I'm just gonna be like, this is what it is. Yeah.
0: I've said that recently that you should a good life is where you get to make your mistakes interesting and your work joyful. It's like we, we made a lot of mistakes, but they were none of them were like really boring and hard yeah. mistakes. They were like they might have been hard, but they were interesting, or they were a bit crazy, and we learned some stuff. How we got fucked over a bit here, I lost a few grand there, but it was a good yeah, story. On,
1: honestly, if you could, yeah, if you could just avoid the really big mistakes. Don't become a drug addict. Don't start doing drugs or drink. Don't do don't that. Get, don't have don't babies have a with, with the wrong, wrong woman, woman don't, when you're that's eighteen. Don't, that's don't the, that's get a one. woman that's pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Anything yeah anything else you can recover from you know you can you really can but don't do something really fucking stupid don't get your arm sliced off or don't get it. you know what i'm saying just don't be an idiot bring that dude i was so unconscious i'll be honest i was not conscious as as in my 20s and part way into my 30s i was just running around trying to prove how great i was n- not caring about other people just running around having to prove something. and i'm just like just take a moment breathe Get into meditation. Do nice things for other people.
0: Take four years sure, off from take, sex.
1: that was actually chill. good. It's just, yeah, man, it's it's okay. You're going to be okay. Just chill. Going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine.
0: Excellent. Well, that's a lovely note to end on. So if anyone wants to join uh, Sasha's comedy therapy course, which sounds fucking great, it is actually on the same day as my, my lectures, but we talked about that, and they'll be at very different times. So if you happen to be on the LDA, which a lot of my guys are, uh, and you're interested in also joining Sasha's comedy crew, which that's going to be a powerful Sunday, I tell you what, uh, then where do they uh, go? I'll what just make it easy for it? I'll We'll, give you we'll put link. links in the description. Yeah. Yeah, and shit. Oh, do I get a you're coupon get code? You're going to get your
1: own personal code, so we're going to take care of your people real good.
0: Okay, all right, excellent. So Sasha will throw you some kind of bonus, bonus. It'll be lovely. Uh, and when are we going to hang out? Fuck, when God, are we going to see I each know.
1: other? I'm planning to go to back to – it's bit a bit hard, hard right, right now. now. I'm trying to get back to Vancouver for some of the summer to enjoy it. That would be nice. And then I'm planning to go to Europe, maybe in for like September, October for a bit at least. You're still around there. You usually leave around then, right?
0: Well, I usually go to New York then, but I will not be doing that okay. this year. So we'll try, so. We'll try and time it. I reckon I'll be mainly in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If you're coming to Europe, of course. Yeah, we'll I'll time be, I'll it so I can swing
1: by the pest for a bit and just fart around a bit.
0: I don't do pest I much. To, I could come to Portugal. I like the farm. Now. Oh, I've got a jacuzzi here. Oh, now, now you're talking. Uh, you
1: talking.
0: Yeah. 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 An outdoor jacuzzi. It's wood fired. Wood fired yeah. outdoor jacuzzi. Lots of organic food. I'm growing lots of nice berries. See, I'm growing see, James pomegranates. So he with other it.
1: guys. He'd be like, yeah, I'll get some, uh, you know, 26 year old uh, chicks. Get and some with him, he's like, I've got right, organic pomegranates. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. That's it. Hey, you know how those <laughs> things are $4 each in Whole Foods? He's got a tree. I'm coming over. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Sasha, put the totally. pomegranate down. It's dinner time.
0: Yeah. What? Oh, it's like the Monkey King eating the, so tasty. the peaches. Okay, gents and that one lady. This has been James Marshall reporting for the TNL podcast with my old buddy Sasha.
1: I want to say one last say thing because I, I know this will go up pretty much yeah. last minute. So if somebody gets this and they're like, "Oh, what?
0: it's going to go out oh, okay. tomorrow," right. okay, If someone happens to or
1: see or this and it's it's like well, it's like a little bit after May thirty first, it doesn't matter. We record everything. You can join the course a little bit late. It's not the end of the fucking world. So do come in. And mm. We'd love to ha- we'd love to have That's you right. beautiful men in it.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Sasha. I'll see you very soon. We will. will. We'll make it happen. happen. We always do. Love everybody out there.
1: Be good to yourselves. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thanks so much for
0: listening to the Natural Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.